I'm Chad Roberts, and you're listening to Awakened to Grace. On today's episode, we are in chapters 10 and 11 in our walk through the book of Revelation, and what a thrilling study it has been so far. Today, we come to the portion of the book that the Bible teaches two unique characters during the seven-year tribulation period, and the Bible simply calls them the two witnesses. Who could these two witnesses be? Well, today I'm going to give you some biblical evidence of who I believe the two witnesses are, and they may surprise you. Also, in chapter 10 that we're going to cover, this is a great transition period in the book, and we're going to see why God says there'll be no more delay. What an incredible statement by God Almighty. We're going to see the transition that happens in this portion of Revelation. I hope you're walking through each chapter with me as we are nearing the midpoint of our study. But if you've missed other sermons, make sure you go back into the archives, catch up on the episodes that you've missed. And as always, I hope that you are listening to our podcast. Make sure that you download or subscribe to Awakened to Grace with Chad Roberts podcast. Well, we're going to get to today's teaching. We're going to be in Revelation chapter 10. And I'm so glad you're joining me today on Awakened to Grace. So let's go Revelation chapter 10. We're going to jump right in. Caleb, walk us through it, brother. This is Revelation chapter 10, starting at verse 1. Then I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven, wrapped in a cloud, with a rainbow over his head. And his face was like the sun, and his legs like pillars of fire. He had a little scroll open in his hand, and he set his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the okay. land. So let's explain first off, who is this angel that John sees? Now, for centuries, there's debate on this, and there's basically two schools of thought here. Some believe that it is some type of very high authority angel. We don't truly know, but this is a revelation at least 60 times mentions angels. So some believe that this is a very high-arcing, very high-powerful angel. Others believe that this is actually the Lord Jesus Christ. And I am in that persuasion. I'm in that camp. I believe this is actually the Lord Jesus Christ appearing before John. And there are some evidences to that. Number one, the fact that he's wrapped in a cloud. That speaks of deity. Number two, the rainbow, which we've already seen in chapter 4 around the throne of God. That speaks of deity. In a moment, we're going to hear the seven thunders uh, that speak. In Job chapter 37, verse 5, it mentions that the voice of God is like thunder. In a moment, he is going to swear by the Lord Almighty. And, you know, in the Old Testament, it was not 
uncommon that the Lord would appear as an angel and that he would swear by his own name. So these things are not uncommon. And I believe for all of those evidences, I believe that this is the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what's the small scroll that he has? If you're going to take notes, get ready, write this down. We don't know. That's just a fact. We don't know. <laughs> the only other scroll that's mentioned is this title deed of the earth in chapter 5, which we explained in all that. And it's interestingly enough, the, 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 the prophet Ezekiel had the exact same experience that John is about to have. So Caleb, take, continue us through this. Verse 3, and he called out with a loud voice like a lion roaring. Another evidence that perhaps this is Christ because chapter 5, what is Christ called? The lion of the tribe of Judah. Amen. Okay, continue. When he called out, the seven thunders sounded. And when the seven thunders had sounded, I was about to write. But I heard a voice from heaven saying, seal up what the seven thunders have said and do not write it down. Now, isn't that interesting? Now, the prophet Daniel in the Old Testament was told to seal up the words of prophecy because it wasn't time. You fast forward all the way to the book of Revelation thousands of years later. And now Revelation chapter 1, the word revelation... And I used, to, I used to, by accident, call it revelations. We, we, sometimes we say revelations. It's not revelations as in plural. It is the book of revelation. Why? Because the word revelation literally means the unveiling, the revealing. And, and listen, you cannot miss this if you're going to be a serious student of God's word. You cannot miss this. Revelation is not about the unveiling of the Antichrist or the mark of the beast or the seven-year tribulation period. All that's fascinating. We're going, to, we're, going to, we're, we're going to study it all, but that's not the unveiling. The book of Revelation is the unveiling of Jesus Christ. And if you miss that, then you miss the whole point of the book. So why was Daniel told to seal it up, but John was told to open it up? Isn't that fascinating? John, who is he known as? He is the apostle. He's known as the beloved. And what was Daniel called in Daniel 9 when Gabriel came to visit him, to give him the prophecy? What did the Bible tell him? Gabriel said, Daniel... You are beloved of God. You are greatly loved. Daniel is the beloved of the Old Testament. John is the beloved of the New Testament. And God shared his end time secrets with both of those beloved. Amen. And let me let, me let you in on this. Do you know what the Bible calls us in 1 John? The Bible says that you and I, we are accepted in the beloved. Praise God. This morning, if you're here, this morning, if you're listening and you feel like you've never fit in, if you feel like you've never made the cut, if you feel like you've been the black sheep of your family, if you feel like no one's ever accepted you and you've never been comfortable, let me remind you, precious friend, 
When you become born again, you're accepted in God's beloved. Amen. And people can judge you and they can look down on you. They can talk about people can do whatever they want to do. But God has accepted you in his beloved. Now, Daniel told to seal it up. John told to reveal it. But in this one case in Revelation, John is told to seal it up. Isn't that fascinating? So what are these seven thunders? What did they say? If you're going to take notes, write it down. We don't know. (laughs) And you know what? As a Christian, there has to be some things that you're just okay not knowing. Why? Because Paul told us in this life, on this side of eternity, we see through a glass dimly. There are just some things, friends, we're not going to know. Until we get to the right side of eternity. Continue, please. Verse 5. And the angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land raised his right hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and what is in it, the earth and what is in it, and the sea and what is in it, that there would be no more delay. All right. Let's pause right there. First of all, I want you to note this. If you're someone that you write in your Bible, which I encourage you to, I think it's good to I think it's good to 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 note God's word. When I had eyesight, I wanted things to jump out off the page to me. So I would highlight and I would circle words and I would asterisk things and I would parenthesis things and I, I wanted it to leap off the page at me. You ought to note this, you ought to mark this. The Bible teaches, and I believe it's very strong in the book of Revelation. I think it's very strong in the last days. I think it's particularly strong through the seven-year tribulation. The Bible wants us to note God is the creator. Worship him who created the heavens and all that's in it. Who created the earth and all that's in it. Who created the sea and all that is in it. Friend, the number one marking of the last days is deception. And do you know what deception is being pushed on your children? Do you know what deception is being pushed on your grandchildren? Let me tell you, guys, if you're listening to me right now and you're in middle school and you're in high school and you're entering into college, I'm telling you, there is an agenda In this earth, there is a spirit in this earth, and it is a spirit of deception. And let me tell you what, one of the crown jewels of Satan's deception, it is the teaching of evolution. And let me just tell you why. I got got to get off my chair for a minute. Let me tell you why that evolution is such a deception. Say amen if you're with me right now. Because let me tell you, mom, dad, let me tell you, grandparent, if Satan can convince your children that God is not the creator, he will convince them that God will never be their judge. And if you're in middle school, high school, college, if you're in elementary, and this agenda is being pushed on you, that, listen, there's no creator. Everything just big bang happened. Let me tell you the deception in it. If you don't see God as your ultimate creator, you'll never see him as your judge. What a deception of Satan. 
And here, why in the last days? Why particularly right here in Revelation? Why does it tell us to acknowledge God as creator of the heavens and everything that's in them? Of the earth and everything that's in it. And the sea and everything that's in it. Because God in his wisdom knew there would be a spirit permeating the culture of the last days. And it's called evolution. And it's a lie right out of the pit of hell. Can we say amen today? Well, I'll sit back down. Now, God is going to decree something. He's going to declare something. There'll be no more delay. Friends, I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. We're in a transition in the book of Revelation. We've come to many transitions in the book. Here is yet another. What is God saying? Say amen if you're with me right now. There's no more repentance. There's no more grace. Judgment has come. And this is where we are in the book of Revelation. There'll be no more delay. Continue, Caleb. And he swore that there would be no more delay, but that in the days of the trumpet call to be sounded by the seventh angel, the mystery of God would be fulfilled just as he announced to his servants, the prophets. Now, what is the mystery of God? For all of human history, this has been the question, and this is the mystery. When Satan entered into the garden of evil, he deceived Eve, and as we always teach, Romans 5, Romans 6, Adam rebelled. Adam was not deceived by the serpent. Eve was deceived. Adam rebelled. And Adam brought sin upon all humanity. Therefore, he brought death upon all humanity. Through one man, Adam, all men are condemned. But through one man's obedience, Jesus, all men can live. That's the gospel. That's Romans 5 and 6. Here's what I want you to see. For all of human history, the question had been asked. Why would God allow Satan on the earth? Why does God allow sin to remain? Friends, I want you to understand the purpose of the Bible, the purpose of God's plan, the purpose of revelation. It is all culminating to the coming kingdom of God on this earth. And let me tell you what the kingdom of God is about. Uh, Skip ahead, Caleb. Read for me chapter 11, verse 15, please. Remember, don't forget this. In your Bible, there are 1,800 scriptures pointing to the coming kingdom of Christ. And you remember in the wilderness, we've already covered this, but let me spend 20 seconds on it. In the wilderness, in the temptation of Christ, Matthew 4, Satan presents Christ with three temptations. And the, and the final temptation, you remember, were the kingdoms of this world. Now remember, Jesus refused them, but he did not refute them. Why could Satan offer the kingdoms of this world? Why? Because he's the God of this world. Why? Because man forfeited this world to Satan through the fall. So all of human history 
is the story of God's kingdom coming. Why? Because when God's kingdom comes, listen to me, every wrong will be made right. You remember when John wept in chapter 5 because no one was worthy to open the scroll? What did that mean? He wept. The Greek there is convulsly. He convulsed. Why? Because that meant sin would continue to go on. There would not be an ending of sin on the earth. But do you remember what we studied in chapter 5? Christ, the great kinsman redeemer. Christ who was a near kinsman, Emmanuel. Christ who was willing. Christ who was able. Christ who assumed all legal responsibility. Now he's able to take the scroll and redeem human history. And what is the point? Here is the entire point. Of the seven-year tribulation period. Read it for me, Caleb. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. See, there you go. The judgments. The seal judgments. The trumpet judgments. The bowl judgments. They pave the way for the kingdom of of God. And now where are we in the book of Revelation? God has given the 144,000 sealed evangelists to herald the gospel. God has given the martyrs, God has given the tribulation saints. The gospel is being proclaimed all over the world. Multitudes have repented and now we're at the midway point of the tribulation. Now according to chapter 11 as we'll see in a moment, there are going to be 42 months left in human history, 1260 days, and now God Almighty declares in chapter 10, there will be no more delay. What is he saying friends he's saying that the kingdom is coming and every wrong will be made right every injustice will be found with justice amen Amen. and we're at a transition in the book and the mystery of God is going to be fulfilled and what's the mystery of God why is Satan loosed on the earth and his time is coming to an end Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Next, please. This is chapter 10, verse 8. Then the voice that I heard from heaven spoke to me again, saying, Go, take the scroll that is open in the hand of the angel who was standing on the sea and on the land. So I went to the angel and told him to give me the little scroll. And he said to me, Take and eat it. It will make your stomach bitter, but in your mouth... It will be sweet as honey. And I took the little scroll from the hand of the angel and ate it. It was sweet as honey in my mouth. But when I had eaten it, my stomach was made bitter. So this is very interesting. The same experience happened to the prophet Ezekiel in the Old Testament. Remember what we keep saying through our study? 404 verses in Revelation, yet 800 references back to the Old. The same thing happened to Ezekiel. What is the point? Why is this in the Bible? Why is this recorded? In the Bible, tasting, eating, is a reference to believing. What John, I believe, is saying, and many of you will identify with this. When you and I receive the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's sweet to our lives. 
It's sweet to our taste. But when you and I think about our lost loved ones, those who face a Christless eternity, those who face an eternity of hell and the lake of fire, when we think about the people who we love the most, who are apart and undone without the grace of God, what is it? It's bitterness to our stomachs. Many of you will identify with this. Yes, the gospel is sweet to us. But those who are without the gospel, it makes us bitter to our stomach. That's why, as I've shared with you, coming August the 8th, God has put in our hearts 40 days of praying for prodigals. And I believe it's going to be a time of concentrated, holy, unrelenting prayer before God on behalf of those who are without Jesus. Friends, I hope you're preparing yourself spiritually because I believe God is going to come in might and in power and he's going to rescue soul after soul after soul in these last and final days. Can we say amen to that? Next, please. Verse 11. And I was told, you must again prophesy about many peoples and nations and languages and kings. Then I was given a measuring rod like a staff, and I was told, rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and those who worship there, but do not measure the court outside the temple. Leave that out, for it is given over to the nations, and they will trample the holy city for 42 months. So let's... Let's explain this for a moment because this is very interesting. Right now, there is not a temple built in Jerusalem where the Holy of Holies once stood is the Islamic shrine, the Dome of the Rock. That's the large golden dome in Jerusalem. How there will ever be a temple in Jerusalem, makes us scratch our heads. Now, what's interesting is from A.D. 70, when the Romans took control of Jerusalem, there were two previous temples. Solomon's temple in the Old Testament was destroyed by the Babylonian king, King Nebuchadnezzar. Herod's temple, which was what Christ was in, in Matthew 24 and Luke 21 and Mark, oh, I think chapter 13. Herod's temple was destroyed by Titus and his army, the Roman army, in AD 70. We covered this in a previous session. Just for those of you that perhaps you weren't here, let me just 20 seconds explain Jesus said of the temple that it would be destroyed. And Jesus said that, what not, that not one stone would be left upon the other. Gold had melted in the temple in between the stones of the floor. And Titus, who was the Roman general, his father Vespasian, had to go back to Rome to become the emperor. And by the way, do you know who Vespasian was? He's the man who built the Colosseum in Rome. Hmm. His son was Titus. He left his son Titus as general of the Roman army. And when Jesus prophesied and said that when you see Jerusalem surrounded by a prince, that was Titus, AD 70, he said, flee Jerusalem, leave, don't even go back. 
And you know, the historian Josephus tells us numerous Christians were saved because they heeded Jesus. They, they listened to his words. It happened 38 years after Jesus prophesied that. If you enjoyed today's broadcast and would like to hear more great content, you can always download our free mobile app, Awakened to Grace, where you can request prayer, find sermons, articles, blogs, music, podcasts, as well as support us financially. You can also visit either of our websites at www.preachingchristchurch.com or www.awakenedtograce.com for more information about our church or our resource ministry. Thank you for listening to Awakened to Grace.